Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. This week, we're continuing our series entitled Between You and Me, and we're talking about marriage and marriage relationships. And this week, we're, ta- we're talking about uh, what about when we throw kids in the mix? You know, marriage is already complicated enough without the kids, but then you throw sleepless nights and kids and their needs and all of that into the mix, and it, it can be complicated. But we're also talking about the Bible and how do we answer questions like this because the Bible doesn't answer this particular question directly. So what do we do when it comes to our relationships and decisions and all of these kinds of things when the Bible doesn't speak to it directly? We're going to talk about all of that in this episode, and I've already gone on too long, so let's dive right on in. Hello. And welcome. Hey. This is how well prepared we are today. Do you want to see our new camera? We have a new camera. We have a new camera angle. Oh, look at that. You and it's actually, cameras. it's actually, it's actually worse. Worse. <laughs> and we're not going to keep it. It's just a new camera that um, Jake sent out for us to mess around with. And so I thought I'd plug it, it in to see. Um, Good old Jake. There you go. Way to go. Well, welcome we, to the we Red were, Couch. We were rushed today. We were. So this is us at our organized best um getting ready to talk about relationships some more yeah which we are both well equipped to do and i'm exhausted you know why kids yeah yeah which is our segue it is to the fact that we're talking that was like oh my goodness set come on alex catch back Smack, 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 spike. spike. Wow, <laughs> I went for in between spike and okay. Spike. We just um, found a sport that Alex doesn't know much about. Uh, I'm terrible at volleyball, I have no problem admitting that. Never understood that sport. Um, so, so we are this week talking about the challenge of prioritizing relationships when you are a growing family. Um, so you have three kids, I do, and one of them woke up at 1 30. And then went back to bed at four. So that that was a long time. Was chunk. that the youngest kid or are you not? Yes, to say? the baby. Oh, that, that seems like a normal pattern of behavior for my kids. No, that's unacceptable in our wow. household. Uh, your, your household is way better at that kind of disciplined approach. I don't know. I don't know how you guys are as sleepless as you are. Like if Alex ever gets sleep, look out church. <laughs> he is going to develop like... Uh, yeah. superpowers. Uh, one of the funny things is like nobody in America, like the whole continent has known me not tired. Exactly. I've That's been tired what I'm saying. for like 12 years, 11 years. Alex is pretty great. And we're only getting a fraction uh, like of his the, mental yeah, capacity. I'm, I'm like, yeah. So, so, so Elena is my first child. She's 11 now. She has never slept. Well, never slept well as a baby. She's, I mean, she sleeps fine now. She's 11. And then we had Gigi. Gigi actually did sleep pretty well as a baby. Jude was a disaster. He woke up every 45 minutes for about the first six, seven months. Just could not get into a sleep rhythm. Um, And he now wakes up at five o'clock every morning, no matter what time he goes to bed. Uh, And then Leo, yeah, Leo's a little better than he was, I guess. Yeah, so Clara, she got up. And it's partially my fault because I couldn't, Allison rearranged where things were in our house. And I couldn't find the diapers. And so she, she woke up and was just sort of cooing a little bit, mm. and I could hear her. And I, and then I, I thought I smelled a dirty diaper. Okay, I was like, I'm just gonna make her. You know, no, and at nighttime you can usually just be real quiet, yeah. gentle, change the diaper. They get a little bit more comfortable. They go back to sleep. Well, 
I get her up, I'm doing the process, it's still dark, and then I cannot find the diapers. Mm. I cannot. So I flip on the flashlight on my phone. Oh, man. And so it's Shine like it blue eyes, light. Like, yeah. Blue light. By the end of the diaper change, she's like, hey, it's party time. <laughs> it's time to get up and play and let's talk. And then we, when we, oh, we so then I'm like, well, we might as well fill her belly. Yeah. And make sure she goes to bed with like a full yeah. belly. So Allison feeds her. And then, did, is this what you guys came to the podcast for? This is for? exactly what they came um, for. <laughs> and then, Every guy without kids is turned off. Uh, like and, and all the guys the that have had like, kids uh -huh. are like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, all the guys that have had kids are like, oh brother, I feel you. Yeah. So anyway, then we put her down, and she's like, not interested. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I okay. thought it was playtime. Yeah, she totally was man. angry, oh, so yeah. angry. And then that whole deal, she finally fell asleep, and then mm. I snuck into the room to grab something. Yeah. As I was leaving the house, and she's standing at the crib. I love it. Good for her. Hi. I love. I and love I, I walk. I like close the door, and she goes. Bah! Yeah, terrible. <laughs> so here's here's what here's what what, what I I feel, I feel is a great quote about about life with kids. Uh, someone once said, "The days are long, and the years are short." Ah. So like the the like, you go to bed sometimes in a life with children, and you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> We in horror Like zone. <laughs> this day just extended into the like, it, was this 24 hours or was it just a lot longer? Um, uh, yet, yet you find like the years have ticked by really quick. Like I, totally. I, I will look at pictures of Elena. I'm like, how are you 11? Like, I mean, that's just absurd. My daughter, my oldest is taking her last driving permit yeah. test on Sunday. She's driving. It just, and then it's like all, all bets are off. So I, I think there is this like, it does go so quick and people always tell you that and they're like, oh, you got to slow it down as much as possible. But it, it's like a runaway train. You can't really slow it down completely. Um, and yet the, the days are, are just long, long days at times. And, and so the thing that like is the most obvious in need of your attention is the thing that often grabs your attention. So what we were trying to wrestle with this week is, is how does that work when most of us listening or, and us two talking are followers of Jesus who have this relationship with God that is supposed to be vibrant and supposed to be alive and supposed to be conversational and supposed to be all of these beautiful things. Yeah. And then we have these relationships with wives that, that the conversation is, well, that's supposed to be like the only person that you're, what the Bible says is one flesh with. Like the, 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 I yeah. mean, even uses this this great language of like it's the person you cling to or cleave to. Yeah, it's like the the person that you pursue. You become a leech. Yes, upon them that's exactly what life. I mean, wait, wait, is that what you meant? No, <laughs> is that what Allison said about you? No, you're yeah, a leech. <laughs> I might be. I'm sorry, Allison. <laughs> I am a leech. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it, it is this this space of like. That that's the reason the family exists because two people met each other. Yeah. Um, you know, like people have those signs, don't they? I, I I've never allowed them in our house, but they'll have the, like the, the the wedding signs that will say something like, "All because two people fell in love." Um, Why won't you allow that to happen? I don't know. It just isn't isn't my style. It's fine for other people. I just I don't want it. I saw this great little reel the other day, like you know the whole minivan story, uh, of like how minivans are unsexy. 
Yes. Um, well, there was this this reel where this lady's like dancing up to a minivan and they say they say minivans on sex uh, are unsexy, but someone found me sexy enough to fill this minivan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, yep. We have four kids because someone thought I was pretty attractive. The, yeah. Um, There's this YouTube channel that talks about that whole deal, and they were like. They needed to just get a minivan. Uh, they had too many kids. Is this dude dad? Because yes, it feels like dude, dude dad. dad. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and he go and she goes to him and she's like, "Will you find me less attractive because I have a <laughs> minivan?" He's like, "Absolutely." <laughs> she's <laughs> like, "I knew it." And you're right. <laughs> you're right. You should find me less nice. Like so, yeah. so bad. All right, moving on. So so that that like I don't know that 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 tension of like how do you focus on the person sat next to you in the minivan? Huh. When you've got the noise from the back of the minivan, like as a microcosm of how do you carry on in life without just letting kids become the dominant point to the to to the degree that if you're honest, you're kind of just co-parenting with a roommate. Um, yeah, and and I think like there's a, there's a temptation to say, well, of course it feels like this, um, and we've just got to get through this season and then we can go back to being a couple. And yet the, there's the, that, that feels like more of a hope than a realistic expectation. Yeah. And if you do use that strategy, let's just hold our breath for 18 yeah. years and you have no like relational pathways, neural pathways, conversational pathways mm -hmm. established then the kids are gone. You're like, who are you? Absolutely. And that seems like a massive risk. And there's like this second wave of divorces that take place at that stage because people are like, well, you worked great as the chauffeur, but I don't know if you work great as a spouse. Yeah. And we talked about this, like even just today, we, we were talking about how divorce rates in 55-year-olds plus has gone up massively because- People now expect to live to 85. Of course, not everyone does, but they expect like 85 is pretty normal. So the kids are out and you're like, I got to do another. 30 years? What? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, so bizarrely, not necessarily something that the Bible feels like, or the biblical writers feel like, or, or therefore God feels like he talks much about on a practical level. Like there's, there's not like, there's no, there's no, there's no empty nester passage. No, there's no, there's no place in the, the text where you go to and say, oh, this is God's advice on how to make sure my family isn't running around like crazy people from activity to activity, never really spending time with each the other. The soccer mom and the minivan does not show up. It any doesn't. And, and so you kind of almost read it and you're like, I want, I want more information. Like help me find out how am I supposed to juggle this? If this is how life is going to be right now, which can I can I chase a rabbit? Yeah. Then on this, this podcast, is my, this is my one of my favorite rabbits that I constantly chase on this podcast. podcast. You can chase a rabbit. Quantum so, physics. Yeah. No, that, that rabbit you started. You started that <laughs> rabbit. I just chased it with you with joy and exuberance. <laughs> All right. So if this doesn't get to quarks, I'm going to be really disappointed. No. So so. This goes back to the nature of what the scriptures are trying to accomplish. Yeah. So there's this, there's huge categories of modern Christian life in a 
21st century, uh, modern Western culture, or if you're in another country in your country and your uh -huh. culture, it just isn't even addressed. Totally. Is that negligence on God's part? No. Is he, what then why is the scriptures everything we need for life practice and all these things that it says it is, if it doesn't even address some of the most important issues. Of and so the challenge would be like, can you imagine what the book would look like that addressed every issue for all times and how redundant it would be for people of different generations? Like supposing <laughs> like, like you think like mid 15th century, um, you know, is it right to kill a person over a the theological book of point Denver, of view? Yeah. <laughs> 2021, episode three. We're 2023 now, just... just <laughs> I'm just speaking. 21st century, dang, yeah. yes. Are so, we really? So, dang it. So, so, so That's I, how sleep deprived I am. I, I, um, it would be impossible to have a book that covers every aspect, but you are left trying to piece together an ethic for life at times. So like we could throw out a question completely unrelated to parenting. Is it ethical to buy a Tesla? Um, I wonder why you're asking that question. I don't know. I'm just asking it just for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah. But but is it like is it ethical? Like what takes priority? It's a fifty thousand dollar car, or somewhere on some vague level, it might be good for the planet. Assuming the electricity that you're using to charge it comes from a good source, yeah. or <laughs> like yeah, like like which which takes priority? The fact that it's a lot of money and you could drive around in a four thousand dollar car, or that it runs on a clean power source that you could get from solar panels on your roof. Like what? Yeah. You're left following the conundrum. Yeah. Um, and you just did a seminar, right? On caring well, for the earth. Creation, creation care. Creation care. Yeah. Which actually it says more about that than a lot of other things that people care about a lot more yeah. in our day. Like the Bible's actually way more clear on that particular issue than it is on a, on a bunch of things that we prioritize a lot more in our lives. But that's beside that. So if the Bible's basic instructions before leaving earth, they're extremely basic. <laughs> like I always loved the acronym. Like, yeah, it's, it's, so. like, it's like the instructions. There's a comedian that talks about the instructions on the, how ridiculous it is that it has cooking instructions on Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Remove foil, place in toaster. Vertically. It says vertically. It's horizontal. Or... Really? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. The point is, he, he's like, what are the instructions? Toast them? <laughs> like, you really need to, like, if they have to have the instructions to, like, remove things from packages, like, oh. It's well, like, that's like, it's but that's of, about what the Bible feels like But it's also like kind sometimes. of a kind of, like, co warning coffee is hot, right? Like, there's some redundancy to some of these. To totally. For but most people. My, my point is. It's very basic instruction. So what is this thing for? And if our goal is to say the Bible has everything you need to know yes. for life and godliness. Really? Mm. And if it does, then then how does it transfer that information to our mm. lives? Um, if it And it claims that it does have everything we need for for life and godliness. Yeah, and and, is, and isn't that fascinating? Like, like in, in terms of you think of stuff the Bible doesn't cover. Like, let's take something, like, let's go a little, little, little blue for the dads. Um, like, the, the Bible, like, if you were looking for practical instructions on sex, gives you nothing. Like, so, so based on just, like, simply the human species surviving, 
from two people. At no point does scripture. I think it gives a ton. It's like be fruitful and fill the earth. It gives you that, but it doesn't (laughs) tell you how to do that. It assumes that something is wired in your 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 genes somewhere that says, oh, this is how that works. Yeah, Uh, that's actually true. It is wired in there. Isn't that like like fascinating? Even the the most basic act of procreation. Uh, it never says this is how you do it. Move to step four. <laughs> it, it, it never, it never, it never. <laughs> the guy that needs the Pop Tarts instruction. <laughs> it's like, uh, step 75. Absolutely. It never gives you instructions on how to build a house. Like, it never starts with, like, yeah, you take stones and. Like, there's, there's plenty of stuff that the scriptures allow to go unspoken. Totally. Um, which so so it gives us everything we need for what God needs us to know in some weird way. Yeah. So it is not an instruction manual. No, it's not. And I feel like most Christians really wish it was. Yes, and and that's where I think I said that's my tension with the parenting thing. I'm like, can you give me more than um, fathers don't exasperate your children? but bring them up in the way of the Lord. Because I'm like, what happens or, when I feel like I'm... spare this stick and yeah. all that, yeah. What, what happens when I feel like I'm exasperating just because I'm there? Like, like I mean, <laughs> like, I'm supposed to go away. Um, or like, they, you won't let me stay out all night and drink with my friends? Yeah. You're exasperating you're, me. You're so, yeah. I, I put a show on for my son Jude today, and he'd been asking about this show all morning, and I didn't know, didn't know what he was talking about. And Laura woke up and I said, well, what's this show? And she said, oh, I think it's this one. And, and so I, I said, to, I took him back down to the basement. I said, is it this one? And he said, yep, that's the one. And so I put it on and he kind of sat there for three seconds and he looked at me and said, yeah, you can go now. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I've been sent on my way. <laughs> and you're like, now I'm really suspicious of this show. <laughs> he's just like... <laughs> it's about pirates. He's, he's, he's into pirates at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think, like, <laughs> there is this longing in lots of areas for it to give more practical advice. And what it tends to seem to give is frameworks for how yes. to live. Um, uh, and so when we ask the question of mm. what well, well, feels like life with children is dominating everything, the, the question we might ask is, is there a framework that the Bible gave that we've missed that's leading us into a life that actually is, is perhaps unsustainable or at worst? Um, yeah, yeah, is unsustainable at worst or, or just difficult at best. Yeah, like God isn't interested in creating like these little robots that do everything perfectly. He wants to create like thinking, yeah. decision-making, creative um human beings and made in his image and so he gives you these frameworks to operate in and then um this is one of the reasons why the bible is so big on on wisdom on mm-hmm. like if this was a book about in like detailed instructions we don't need no wisdom no yeah yeah, yeah. yeah who yeah. needs wisdom when you like, like we pray said, for wisdom all the time. Wisdom. Maybe that's the thing I pray for the most. Lord <laughs> God, help me. I don't have a clue. Yeah. Why would we need prayer? Yeah, totally. We don't need yeah. prayer. We don't need wisdom. Yeah. If this is the the book that's supposed to give us yeah. the thing. No, he gives us these broad frameworks, sometimes maddeningly mm-hmm. broad frameworks. And then he says, all right, 
have fun, yeah. figure this out. And you're like, oh, I'm scared. Okay, that's why the Spirit's here. Yeah. And that's why I'm here to to pray to and yeah. speak to. And so I, I, what, what I drew for people in my beautiful, you know, gifted way of drawing stuff on Sunday was nah. I kind of drew concentric circles. That's so good, yeah. Um, and, and my sort of thesis around how the Bible gives a framework for relationships is, is it, in the origin stories of Genesis, it places God in the center. And then it does place this next relationship of, of marriage that doesn't replace the relationship with God. Like that's still the core and you got marriage now on the outside of that. Mm -hmm. And then it introduces kids and they seem to be on the outside of that. Yep. Now, now I think that's contrary to, to how we act a lot of the time. Like no kids are the main story. Um, and then beyond that, there's, there's almost everything else. I, I feel like my experience of life has been that stuff kind of pulls me by nature. If I don't let it like, like a, yeah. Like a centri centrifugal force to the, to the edge of the, the circles. So like at my worst, I get obsessed with really peripheral stuff. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not even talking about work now. Like I love my job. I feel like my job has value. That's still on the edge of kids. And, and I have sometimes a tendency to overfocus on that. But I actually mean even beyond that. Like weird, like obsessions. Like disc golf? I, 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 yeah, if that, if the cap, fit, if the disc golf thing outfit fits, then I, we, we tend to like what we can control. So I, I, I joke. I can't control the disc golf. <laughs> I wish I could. No, so, so I, I can't remember if I talked about this on this podcast, but when, when Leo was born, I had some downtime because, you know, we're, we're on, I was on paternity leave for a week. And I picked up this old computer game I used to play oh, yeah. and started playing it. And then I looked up, I looked at the like, game time. It was like six days. I was like, what? <laughs> how, did it, how did that happen? Um, and yet for like, for at least a day or two, the thing I was thinking about most was this stupid game that doesn't mean anything, that gives you these bizarre sense of achievement. But you're like, I haven't really achieved anything. Nobody cares. Like, it's not real. Um, we have this tendency to push to the things that we can control. And you see this with guys like they are worse, I think, for this. Like they're worse in terms of finding the circles beyond kids yes. uh, as obsessions. So you read or hear about guys that come home and they come back from work and they sit playing computer games all evening. They just like opt out of, of everything. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's our tendency and maybe the female tendency as a mother is to become like everything is the kids. That's mm -hmm. like the thing I'm going to pour everything into. Which is, um, uh, which uh, on the surface looks a lot better. Definitely. Yeah. Like at least they're not like sitting on the couch, drinking beer, uh -huh. checking out of human relationship. Yeah. Like they're pouring into their kids. Like, and, and yes, I think that that would be genuinely better, but it is, is it God's idea? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so so where where I'm intrigued by this, like in, in our conversation, because this, like, as I was processing this, totally I believe that the relationship with with a, a spouse comes before that. It's the primary thing, and somewhere you have to craft this space. What I think we hear in the modern world is this: beyond that, there is a core and itself. Like there's a core beyond self marriage actualization. and you've got to, you've got to like, you've got to self care for you. You've got to make sure that you're 
good. You've got to find your time and space to be just you. And I think the way that scripture presents that is you've got to find time for relationship with God. That's the thing that's going to ground you. Like that center circle says God in it. And I think we've started to say in modern society, no, that mm. one actually says self in it. Like if you get to a point where the kids aren't working for you, the marriage isn't working for you, then it's okay to opt out because self yeah. is the center. Interesting. Um, well, and, and partially, so partially the reason I think the scriptures put God at the middle is it's impossible to actually fully be you without God. Absolutely. Like yeah. you were, you were made to be yes. in the image of God. Yeah. And so like, if you're like, uh, who am I and what's my identity and God, is it part of the conversation? Well, there's your biggest challenge. Absolutely. So it's, so we're yeah. almost like what we almost hear from, from society in general, from like this cultural moment is if everything's out of whack, if you can just find some time for like self-actualization, if you can some get time, yeah, if you can get a you time, if you can drink a glass of wine in the evening by yourself, if you can get to the gym and leave everything behind, that's going to, you're going to be fine. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying those things are bad. Maybe they are, yeah. those are peripheral things again. Um, the, the and sub, they might scratch the itch for a while, definitely. even for a long while. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, mm -hmm. and that's not quite as good. Yeah. And, and, and I, one of the things I've been amazed at for me is how like practices like, like centering prayer or I just read a new book on, on that recently, how they enable me to deal with the times where marriage is stressful life with kids is stressful uh, and the peripheral is stref stressful, but it's not a self-help thing. It's simply a, this is a connection with God that, that somehow makes everything else flow as it should. Yeah. Like it brings me back to that core and I realize, okay, where, what, when in this stress moment with my wife, what of that is my stuff that I'm bringing to a discussion or, or like, what is my brokenness? that I'm bringing that's complicating things. Like where is my stuff out of whack? And, and, and it just allows me to go, oh yeah. Yeah, you're definitely like your need to be right or your need to be acknowledged is definitely coming to the surface there. Your fear of not being enough, your, th I, th those are definitely coming out. Let that go, you know. When, yeah. I, when I'm, I'm struggling with life with kids, the, the moments where I'm like, okay, this is your baggage from the past. This is mm. your like struggles with relationships with parents. This is your stuff you're bringing. Uh, let it go. Like with work, this is your sense of, are you enough? This is your sense of comparison with other people. There's something about that coming back to the core. Yeah. That makes me go like, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. God, you're right. Um, and if it's just self, there's no conversation partner that helps you get to that point. Yeah, and you have you end up having to try and say, well, maybe I haven't discovered myself, and you have to then drum up new expressions of who I'm I, mm -hmm. and new like it's no wonder the whole world is like running around going, who am I, yes. and identity issues, and and all of these sorts of things become such a obsession in our culture of like. 
finding the truest me uh-huh. is because if I'm not happy, it's just because I haven't found the truest yeah. me. Yeah. Or or I haven't found the the best spouse for the me, or the best kids for the me, or the or yeah, or so or the the truth of the matter is perhaps you just haven't had the right conversation with the right God mm-hmm. to say who you are is loved, yeah. Who you are is these different things, and th- this part of you that's being selfish—that's actually not who you are. Mm-hmm. So you can set aside that, yeah, and then show up differently for the rest of those different concentric circles. So that's I do, good. I do hmm. think that the heartbreak is like I feel there's been times as a follower of Jesus, I've let those relationships get really out of whack. Oh, so it's not like a really. I've never it, done that. It's not. <laughs> it's not like a, if you're following Jesus, this stuff just makes sense. No, well, I guess if you are really following Jesus, this stuff yes. does make sense. But there's times where we call ourselves followers of Jesus, and if we're honest in terms of those circles, our priorities are just all over the place. Um, yeah, and so that that I think to me was was just really important to remind myself of. I, I always think people, some people say sermons are kind of like love letters. Um, like a love letter is important for the person who gets it, but actually sometimes it's the most important for the person who writes it. Because yeah. um, it's it's you sharing a lot of things that you really need to say. Mm-hmm. And I think sermons have this similar quality that sometimes you're like, okay, I'm the person speaking it, but I'm actually maybe the person who also most needs to hear it. Totally. Um, and actually, I could just do this by myself and you guys... Yeah, for can... that reason, I will never be preaching again. <laughs> this is a public announcement because it's, it's infuriating how yeah. convicting it can be. Yeah. Yeah. But also is, kind of yeah. cool. It is cool. Yeah. It is yeah. cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, moving to some practical things. So, uh you have the concentric circles, God's supposed to be, or God... And who God defines who you are, all of that stuff is supposed to be in that center. And you have this marriage relationship, and then you have kids, and then you have beyond. So, what are some tips? Um, which you gave some in the message did, as well. Yeah. But so, so I, I mean, I, so what I tried to do was like engineer like the center, the next. So like circle one, circle two, circle three, circle four. And then try and pull people back to the center by saying, if you feel like you're kind of trapped in circle four, like it's the outside that's the obsession. How do you re-engage with parenting? If parenting is the obsession, how do you re-engage with marriage? If marriage is the obsession, and I think that's like, to, maybe for us as, as 21st century Christians, the, the hardest one to move beyond. Yes. Because we're kind of told like, no, if anything is right, you're going to thrive in marriage. And that can become an idol in itself. Um, like the, the, the marriage can be the thing that's above all. And it's kind of like, well, no, it's still, God is still the center. Um, yep. that doesn't mean God's going to turn around and say, yeah, I want you to leave this person. Um, but it does mean you can end up worshiping a healthy marriage. Um, well, and what about marriage is the center? Mm. Like, because ironically, all the other concentric circles are not just less of a priority they're all meant to accentuate and propagate the kingdom of god mm-hmm. or the center yeah 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 and so like if merit if any of those other spheres of relationship and interaction become 
preeminent, it's ultimately it's idolatry because it's taking it. Those things are a means to an end. Mm -hmm. And the end is the kingdom of God and relationship with God, the glory mm -hmm. of God. These that's the end. And if your marriage becomes, it still becomes the self-centered thing where you're like, well, what about marriage? If I'm happy in it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or they're just my best friend. And hopefully that's the case for you. Mm -hmm that they're your best human friend yeah, and all these yeah, sorts yeah. of things. And then, but is your marriage on mission? Yeah. Is your marriage creating kingdom oh, space? Man. Yeah. Yeah. Those is this are, yeah. relationship? Okay. Kids, it, is your parenting advancing faith into the world? Mm -hmm. Ooh, is my vocation advancing yeah. kingdom? Yeah. Uh, ooh, then suddenly I, I, all these things you're like, well, it's not just about getting them in the right order. And like, well, I've got the core and then forget about the parent, everything else. That's no, those are all tools. To yes. An they, and I heard this, the, the king, life in the kingdom expressed in this great way the other day. Uh, it was, the idea was live in such a way as to invite the question, like li mm. live in such a way as that, like people look at your life and they're like, huh? Like what, what is that? Because that speaks of this greater thing that I'm really intrigued by. Um, like, and, and I, I, I had friends that did this so well. They, they ended up moving into inner city Detroit and they, I mean, they moved their kids into what, what really like would have been called the hood. It was 48202, one of the poorest zip codes in Detroit. And, and I said like, how are you, how are you okay with this? Like you've got little kids like in this neighborhood that that's known for being the poorest in Detroit, known for having crime problems. Yes, there's some great revitalization stuff going on, but it's like, it's got to be, got to be challenging. Um, and they said, well, no, we just felt like the safest place we can be is in God's will. Um, this is where he called us. So this is where we are. I said, well, so do you let your kids go play with the neighbors? Like, how do you, and they're like, well, we just decided we would be the hospitality house. It's going to make sure our doors are always open, that people can come and they can go mm. and they can, you know, so you watch these people and they're in this compelling way living out what it is to, to, to use their kids and their marriage mm. for the kingdom, um, which, which was just beautiful. It really was beautiful to watch. So, so a couple of things I said, like on a really practical level that I still, I think I still agree with, um, Hopefully you still agree with your message. It's only Thursday. Nah, it's a long time. Have you, like you've changed your whole no, theological right. framework. So, so again, the, the, <laughs> some of the, my tensions with this is like, I, I believe the framework. I believe that like based hmm. on Genesis, uh, based on the original relationships, this is how God sees the circles of relationship. So, so yeah. I, I stand by that. Genesis chapter two, uh, the way Ephesians five lays out parenting and marriage, all those different things like, those are the scriptural basis I would, I would claim. But then you're starting to get into just like, this is practical advice based on how I've tried to put that framework into place. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things like I just threw on there for, for Americans trying to do this, controlling your schedule, schedule. Um, did you hear about that? Oh, I did. Like, yeah. Well, in the end of the second service, I just gave up. I was like, oh my God, you got to say it again for the podcast listener. Schedule, schedule. So Alex used the word schedule like... 50 times in the yeah. message and most of them within two minute period yeah, yeah. and every all the americans because he says schedule schedule and all the americans are like is he gonna keep saying it like that yeah is he gonna see and he's he's probably like 
Yes, I'm going to keep saying it right. Laura, Laura, Laura is like, you're just saying it as much as possible to wind people up, honey. <laughs> I don't um, know what he preached about, but I know it had to do with schedules. Schedule. Schedules. Uh, and someone came and asked me, uh, and uh, they, they said, I think they came to me and they said, like, so do you go to a shul as well? <laughs> uh, and I said, do you carry your shatchel? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, uh anyway um where, where were, were we, we? <laughs> so so I, th that like that one gets out of whack really quickly um, yeah and, and if you if you can't prioritize the things on the schedule even if it's just a mental thing of like where time is allocated i'm not saying you have to have like a, a full-on like itinerary for everything yeah but if you can't say this is the time that's free and this is what's going in that free time yeah, I, I think what you prioritize shows up in your time commitments. Yeah, um, so I was hoping you weren't going to talk about that section in the podcast yeah. because that's the part that convicted me so much. So, so, I, <laughs> so I, yeah. So just this last week, Allison, it's infuriating how right she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I married so a wise, I married a wise woman, and I'm really mad about it. Yes, because I want to be right about everything. So, um, yeah, <laughs> this is, these, these episodes turn into counseling sessions real quick. <laughs> so she's been fighting for us to set a, a plan for the summertime. Yeah. So we actually sat down, uh, one of these weeks. And of course, like, I'm just, I'm wrestling cause I'm tired and mm. I'm like, oh, this is not my natural inclination to spell out on Monday, we'll be doing this kind of activity yeah, on yeah. Tuesday for the whole summer. And I'm like, yeah. no, where's the, where's the fun? Where's yeah, the fluidity? Spontaneous. spontaneous. Like, Let's yeah. go get ice cream. And yeah. she wants to schedule it all out. Um, at least have a plan that then could be deviated from. And, but for me, it's like this thing and I'm tired. And so we sat down and I'm just prickly yeah. to start. Cause I don't want to do this tonight. Mm -hmm. Can we find another time? Like never. Can we, can um, we schedule a time to do our schedule? Yes. And then forget to schedule it and then never do it and just wing it. Like that would be my preference. Like, uh, so anyway, uh, we sat down and muscled through it. And like about halfway through, I, I was like, I was praying the whole time. Like, Lord, help me with my bad attitude. Help me with I my bad. It, it was, sure. but it was a very, very fruitful time. Yeah. And, uh, so that was, I think two days before you preached this mm -hmm. message and I was forced to go sit in the sound booth rather than sit next to my wife during the message. And I'm looking across the way. I'm like, don't look over at me. She's just like, I, I could just, she didn't, she need, I don't think it even blipped on her but radar. But she did nod a lot. Yeah. She was like, she's like, thank you, Alex, for confirming that scheduling life is good and that prioritizing God and then this thing and then that thing is good. Cause that's how she thinks. Yeah, yeah. She's like, if we're going to get this right, we have to put it down on a schedule. Otherwise, we will get out of whack yeah. as far as our priorities and, and our vision. For some people, like the, 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 the schedule is, is, I'm going to try and say schedule because otherwise it's just going to derail us. Uh, it, it is, I'm going to pick up a different word. The plan is, 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 um, is a mental thing. It's, it's not necessarily on paper for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you got to know, like, what is it you struggle with? So Laura knows me. She knows that I'm not the peripheral guy. Like my struggle is the same as lots of women might say their struggle is my priority will be the kids. 
Mm. Like that, that's where my thing lands. So I'll like, I'll, I'll get home and I'll be like, let's go, let's go swimming. Like, let's just, and I'll load the kids that can go swimming in the car. And that worked great before we had Leo because yeah. you know, it would just be all of them. Yeah. And she would get some time or she could come if she wanted. And now there's Leo. So the tendency is that she just gets dumped with Leo. I wish, I mean, she loves babies. So maybe, maybe it works fine, but, but that will be the default for me. You know, today we were planning my day off yesterday. I said, well, how do you feel if I take the oldest kids skiing? Because we haven't really skied that much this year. We could get in one more day uh, of skiing. And, and so like that will be our default. There's no need for us to, 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 to plan um, time with the kids because that will happen. Um, yeah. Now, now we might need to, to plan like the, the spiritual conversation time with kids. But again, yes. we do that quite a bit just organically. We pray together every night. We, we do some of those things. Just, yeah. just, I read to them. I love doing bedtime with the kids. So we'll read every night. We'll maybe watch a few Instagram reels as well. And so, so that time's fine, but Laura and I time, that's so much harder for me to, to think about because we focus so much energy on the kids. Yep. So we'll go like you, I'm really like amazed. You guys are meticulous at this. You guys do date night, Tuesday every night, week, every week, uh, we, we do date night, like once every three months. Oh, it's like the opposite end of the shed of the, the spectrum. We, we, we just struggle with that part. Yeah. Um, and, and we always mentally go through, well, who do we find to watch the kids? Do we want to pay someone? Are we going to have a babysitter? Your, your phase of life is a bit different as well. So yeah, you we, gotta, you we gotta just have to tote the little one along with us. Yeah. It's not um, quite as engaging of a date night. Let's it's put it not like as that. much. Yeah. And then, and, uh, and then before Clara was born, you had a, a child that was old enough at least to stay home yep. and, and, and hold the house. There was so a the small window changes. that was yeah. just delightful. We yeah. had so much fun. And that does shift. I, I mean, I, yeah. I was chatting to a friend back in, uh, in Michigan not long ago, and he said, you know, they've just had their fifth or sixth, and their oldest is now... 18 and their next is 16 and he said you know i just text my son who's 16 and said hey uh, i was thinking about taking your um your your mom out for like a date tonight are you okay to watch the six month old and he was like oh yeah make sure you take her somewhere nice um and he's like it's just been a game changer like so different to the early years of kids totally so i, th I think you hit those different like strides with that but but it's again if it's not a plan it's, it's probably not a priority and it's probably not going to happen. So one of the things Laura and I have to probably acknowledge is like us spending time together is not, at least on a date night, isn't, isn't great, something we're great at planning. Now, what we do do, though, at the same time is this. We're both surrendered enough to, to find common ground that once the kids are in bed, even if it's just we sit on the sofa and watch a movie together or watch a show together, we don't do the thing where I'm just sat in the basement playing computer games and she's just off doing something else. Mm -hmm. Again, not saying that's wrong, but we do find that intentional, even if it's just 45 minutes to an hour mm -hmm. where we're actually next to each other. Um, just finding that space that you're like, okay, this feels like a breather at the end of the, yeah. the night. Um, and then with all that busyness, like somewhere that, that, like I've, I've had to learn to be, even though I love my kids in the mornings, uh, Elena will try and talk. She loves school. She'll get up. She'll start talking to me about school. I'm like, uh, uh no school before seven o'clock. Like we don't talk about school till seven. Yeah. Um, 
because I'm reading. Like, and, and she'll come talk to me. I'm like, I'll point, I'll be like, reading, tea, reading. Like, that's my time with God that, that actually I'm just not the same person without it. Yeah. So I think that that's, that schedule thing is, is, is actually pretty crucial, sadly. Yeah. And so some things can be on a calendar yeah. and some things can be a rhythms that are yeah, ingrained yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that no longer need to be on the calendar, but that are so ingrained that they're, that they're, um, the whole family circle, like falls into that. And then you, then, then I think as a family, you're trying to figure out as a, as a married couple, you're trying to figure out and this is this is where I think it gets complicated because people are going to have so many different opinions on this. Like one of our big rhythms is we go to England every year at the same time. And we've joked like between us, like the difference in how we think about taking vacation. Um, and Because you always have vacation left at the end of the year. And I'm like every... Shameful. Every, yeah. every year, I'm like three weeks in England, non-negotiable. Yeah. Like it just, it's just booked. Um. And I know my dates before anybody else has even thought about vacation and it's on the calendar and other people are lined up to preach. And I get to that point. I'm like, see you guys. Like, I'll think about you in three weeks. Yep. Uh, and we've done that. You know, we did that when we struggled to find the money for it. We do it now where it's okay, a bit easier, but still it's getting more expensive because there's more kids. Yeah. And it's just, it's so again, big, big macro rhythms. England every year for three weeks. The lake in Minnesota every year for one week. Almost all my vacation is the summer. I'm like basically here all the year round except the summer. And I'm just like, okay, this is my time yep. uh, to do these things. And this is the family. And this is how we're going to thrive. So, so those like, yes, they're not calendared every week, but knowing that, that sense of like, yeah, we, we have to do this. Yeah. Actually matters. So it's 1145. Is it? And I have a question that I'm a little bit concerned might make this a two-hour podcast. <laughs> so my challenge to you is to somehow find a way to answer this question efficiently. Because uh. <laughs> I still want to ask it. Um, Quarks. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully this has been uh, helpful and some, and some practical tips. But I want to tie the first part of our conversation in with the second part of our conversation. My little rabbit trail of... This, the nature of the scriptures and then the subject matter that really is very, mm -hmm. very vaguely addressed. Yeah. But you were, you had the task this week as the, as the pastor here at South who was bringing the message and our, and our shepherd to try and teach from the scriptures mm -hmm. about a subject that was obscure. How did you go about finding a passage and then having the confidence that those texts multiple texts or whatever, we're going to give us enough framework data mm. to know that this message was from God, not just from Alex's head. Yeah. So, because 15 minutes go, like her, her, or hermeneutics I love it. 101. So, so I think, I mean, I, I felt like I was lucky because I think there's obviously we're now five weeks into a series. Yeah. That has given some frameworks of, of, you know, the, the, the importance that scriptures place on marriage. Yes. So, I mean, okay. even just beginning in that Genesis story just made me very comfortable. Um, so step one, with plan step a sermon one, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to help yeah, a lot and of so, people. So if, yeah, if, if you've got this core of like, well, no, this is where it all begins. We yeah. actually even, do you remember mm. we, we wrestled with this? Because I, I threw out to the staff team just this this question, like, 
I said, how do you feel about this, this idea? Marriage is the central relationship of scripture. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like human, I think he used human as a clarifier because I was like, yeah, you know, God makes Adam, but, but beyond that, like marriage is the central re human relationship. Um, and in actual fact, it was interesting because I think we had some people that aren't married on the team that were like, yeah, absolutely. That's what I read. And then some people that are married that were like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and, and people in all sorts of different places. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think because... It was definitely an interesting conversation. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we were all comfortable that it's one of the central relationships. But it, like, th there's yeah. that saying, right? Marriage is the bedrock of society. Um, yeah. And, and Jordan Peterson recently said, you know why they say marriage is the bedrock of society? Because it's the bedrock of society. Um, I was like, eh, is that a circular argument? I don't know. <laughs> so, so for me, it was like, can I, can, I, can I ground the circles in how scripture impacts itself? Then we can deal with like, where are we on the circle and how do you maybe turn an arrow that's pulling you to the outside? And, and focus on moving it onto the inside. Okay. Um, if that makes sense picturally for people that weren't there. So, so the, the real question was, do I feel like scripture comfortably lands on like, no, God is center. The next relationship is marriage. And, and then the third relationship is, is, is kids beyond that. And, and so that, that then felt like fairly easy because there's this creation and there's this call for both Adam and Eve to have this relationship with God that seems to be central. Um, yes. And then there's this picture of, of marriage that actually starts to use language that's just almost kind of like divine language. Um, the same word that it describes the cleaving of a man to a wife is the same word. It talks about how the people of Israel were supposed to cleave to God. Um, or like when the week I preached, covenant is uh -huh. used more yeah. for God covenanting in marriage to Israel and yes, the church than it exactly. is for actual marriage. And so I was like, oh my goodness, it yeah. just talks about that relationship in a way it doesn't talk about other relationships. Yeah. Um, and, and it definitely values kids, but a lot of the time for the continuation of the nation that there's not necessarily to the same degree that like the obsession with, with, there's the obsession with having children that we see today, but not the obsession of parenting children that we see today. Just crank them out. Yeah. Yeah. Keep Release them kids. in the wild. Yeah. And then you've got like <laughs> servants and stuff that are going to help take care of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that like, it, to oh, me, it just that really started to make me feel comfortable with, no, this is absolutely the framework. God yes. comes first, marriage comes second, kids come after that. Okay. Um, Mm. And then, 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 then it was like, did I feel like I could navigate through? Am I comfortable giving practical learned wisdom and acknowledging, yeah, there's, there's times that the Bible gives us a framework and then it says, okay, have you go, yeah, go figure it out. Uh, and so, so, so then you kind of like in the realm of what do I say to 21st century people? that now have this sense of I, I'm supposed to have this framework and that's not how my life is working out. 
Yeah. Um, what what practical can I do mm-hmm. other than saying, oh yeah, you should pray more, which is an important part of it. Certainly, like if you yeah. want to move that circle to the inside, spend that time should in be the application of every sermon. <laughs> Just pray more and read your Bible more. Yeah, so, so oh. certainly like have more conversations with God. That will certainly help. But but how could you like? And I do still hold to the the idea that if you if you're someone that that would say I'm following Jesus, I struggle with this idea that that's a relationship, that's conversational, that God is mm. developing me and growing me. I do still hold to that. If you start to work on that more, I do believe the others will fall into place more. Yes. Um, like I, I really do like just practically like fix the core and, and I feel like the others start to in a good way, start to, to make more sense. Yeah, totally. But I also just wanted to give this challenge to, to especially to guys who can opt out of parenting a little bit, can opt out of relationships with their kids a little bit uh, and, and just give them this nudge of yeah, actually choosing to find your kids interesting might actually be a valuable step for you. Yeah. Um, like and and if you're completely disinterested, that might be a problem. Um, again, yeah. like, does 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 scripture ever say that? That would be a hard one to argue. Yeah, but does it feel like it nudges us back to the framework that God gave? Yes, yes, I think it does. So, so if I want to, if I make some observations about your answer, um, and the and we talked about this, so the nature of scripture isn't this rule book that gives us detailed instructions on every sphere of how mm-hmm. to be a Christian or follower of Jesus. Instead, it's a text that gives us these large um, frameworks mm-hmm. into which we are supposed to fill in mm-hmm. our God-given creativity yeah. and our Im- our imaging of God and advancing of his kingdom, our best understanding of his kingdom, trying our best to figure that out. Okay, so what you... Then the approach you used, it sounds like, is you've saturated yourself so frequently and so consistently in the text, the entire scope of Scripture, that when the subject came up, you right off the bat had an intuition about how the structures and the relationship between God, marriage, kids, and beyond should function. There was like an immediate intuition. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And then when you went back, you were able to say, confirmed that intuition, confirmed yeah. that intuition. And so maybe the advice for us as we approach subjects that aren't in the Bible mm-hmm. is just um, start making decisions today to saturate yourself oh, so totally, much in the yeah. text that there becomes this kingdom intuition that wells up yeah and then if someone challenges you or you have to preach a message (laughs) you have you can go i think this is the answer now let me go yes that's the answer yeah 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 um yeah i would i mean i would i would definitely agree with that i think and the more that you have that sense of no this is what i feel like the story is saying this is what god is constantly re-emphasizing and there's so many of those things that that like you see like that are beautifully true. Um, like we talked about briefly the other day, like how God talks about purity. Like, yeah. and, and once you start to see some of his premises for how he talks about those things, you start to get a bit more of a sense of like, how might those types of things work in the, the, the new covenant? Are they just canceled out or is there like a different way of seeing that? Yeah. Uh, which, which the answer is both kind of like, yes and no. Yeah. Um, 
uh, the the ideas of holiness, like how how does God see holiness? Um, you start to get more of a sense of like uh, of a framework for how God sees things because we 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 would even say like with things that we wrestle with like that we feel like, should I be doing this? Should I be not doing this? There's not always just a, a thing that says, no, don't do that. Uh, or yes, yeah. do that. There's actually just an invitation to God's best. Yeah. And if you have ever like looked in the Bible to try and figure out what God's will was for your life. Yeah. It's infuriating. Yes. Which college should I go to? Which person should I date? Which yeah. should I get married or not? Yeah. Uh, should we have another kid? Should I get this job or that job? Yes. If if that's what you're going to the Bible for, it's infuriating because what it does is it says, love God, uh-huh. love others. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. And you're like, but which job? Yeah. Well, maybe you should love God uh-huh. and love others. Yeah. And you're like, but which like, all right, fine. Use your brain. Love God. Uh, <laughs> love others. And you're like, oh, yeah. That's uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. We uh. we want we want God to just give us black and white answers. And sometimes He does make a particular pathway really clear. Yeah. And somewhere, sometimes He says, "This is who I made you to be. You're learning who that is. Like, where are you going to thrive? Like, you you figure that out. You you make that decision." It, it, yeah. Is this job or that job going to help you love God or love others better? Uh-huh. Okay, pick that one. And it's so fascinating to me, like, when you think about, like, let's just really briefly take that microcosm of, of work. I sometimes think back nostalgically to times where I used to work on a golf course. And I'd go out every day and I'd, I'd mow the grass and... I'd, Pray and read a book and... Yeah, I'd, I'd listen to sermons, I'd do all these things. And I think, oh man, life was so easy then. Like it was so unstressful. Um, and yet what I know is this, when I did that as a living every day, I constantly looked at my watch to see when it was time to go home. And every day got to the end of the week. I was like, oh, thank goodness. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Huh. And, and now the job I do and the last couple of jobs I've done in ministry, I never think like that. Yeah. Uh, There's uh, days where you're like, I'm so stressed yeah. and this is a huge burden of leadership uh -huh. on your, on my shoulders, yeah. but I'm never like, oh my gosh, what am yeah, I going to do for the yeah. next three hours? Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, so which of those jobs fits more with how God has wired me and caught me? Uh, I would suggest the one that makes me feel like I feel like now. Yeah. Even though there'll be times nostalgically, I'd be like, oh, it'd be good to just sit and mow grass again for a little while. Yeah. Um, One of the baristas at Atlas allowed me to like, yeah, pour there. my own cup, and I was like, this is my dream job. Yeah. <laughs> Just being a barista, talking to people, yucking it up, pouring latte oh, art. would it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, thanks for tuning Fun in. conversation, guys. Uh, yeah. Share, like, sh comment. We haven't received some questions in a little while. Um, right because I haven't asked them. Well, that's fine. It, it, it's yeah. fine. I think they asked a lot of their marriage questions before. Alex is just doing such a clear job of communicating <laughs> that there are no questions. Well, so this was my last week on relationships. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for this weekend. We get a little sneak preview and it's going to be yeah. good. So see you right. on Sunday or next Bye. Thursday. Bye. I don't know why I'm waving at the computer, but. Hmm? Well, thanks again for listening. And we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this. So feel free to leave comments questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.